Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm. Today we get to talk about the basketball team, but in a fun way. Uh, the the three-game losing streak is over. Uh, they they lost, was it was that four or five or five or six? I think it was five of six. Um, but, like I said, it's over. The Buffs won, and not only did they win, they beat the hell out of Oregon State. It was pretty incredible to watch. Um 86 to 63. Honestly, like it's weird to say this because they won by 23 points, but that that probably should have been even more. Like, what was the highest? It got up to 33 for sure. 35. They did get to 35 with four minutes left. Um, just a dominant effort. And to be honest, like there isn't a whole lot to say. I don't think we're gonna take too long today. Um, but basically everything just went really well. Um, let's dig in. So, the Buffs got off to an incredibly hot start. Um, they scored the first 13 points of the game. Uh, they made their first four shots. Three of those were three-pointers. Uh, the Buffs actually made their first eight three-pointers in the game, which is obviously really, 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 really good. Especially for a team that has struggled shooting the ball recently, and more often than not is falling behind in the three-point category. You know, when the Buffs win, it's usually like, oh, well, the, the, the shot wasn't falling, but they were still able to get it done. No, tonight uh, tonight they really just let it fly. Um, Keyshawn finishes four of seven from three. Jabari's three of four. Evans one of two. I th- he actually missed the ninth free throw they took. He was the first one to miss one. Um, Tristan De Silva's two of three. Neat Clifford's one of two. Luke O'Brien's one of one. Uh, Julian Hammond's one of three. KJ Simpson's one of two. Benin Ersek came in at the end. The the walk-ons got a chance. Uh, he he missed his only three-point attempt. But add all those together, and that's fourteen of twenty-five. And it was actually eleven of fifteen in the first half, which. You, you just don't see. Um, you know, part of me wants to make a joke like, oh, well, hopefully they save some for the next week. But more realistically, it's like, hopefully this is a sign of things to come. Hopefully they, they I don't know if, if it's like a confidence thing or, or what, but they missed a lot of shots and they proved tonight that they're capable of knocking them down. Um, they did get a lot of good looks, which, I mean... There were 11 of 15 in the first half. Of course, they had good looks. But basically, like, Oregon State threw that zone defense at them. And weird, weirdly, the Buffs just went wild against it. You know, it, honestly, 
So a couple things. First of all, they have been really bad against zone defenses this season. It's been exploited specifically in these past two or three weeks. And I didn't expect to see it get much better. Um, on top of that, every college team struggles when they go up against a zone defense. Like, I feel like that's just an unwritten rule of basketball. It's like, you throw a zone at a team, you're going to get at least one stop and probably like two. And then maybe they'll figure it out after, maybe they don't. Um, since I've been covering this team, this is my third season, they have not been able to beat the zone. And uh, tonight they did. Now, at the same time, you know, it's with all these things in sports, you give credit to one team and you say, well, the other team screwed up too. And figuring out what that balance is is always hard. And to be honest, I think, I mean, they knock down the shots. So you have to give the Buffs credit for that. But also, the Oregon State zone defense was not, you know, perfectly put together. Um, anytime somebody got into the lane, Oregon State would be just collapsing on them. Like, the entire defense would collapse. All of a sudden, it's like there's five guys defending that one guy, and there's open shooters. Like, every time you got into the lane, there's open shooters. Now, at the same time, like, that's how that's how the zone defense works, right? Like, you're able to to shoot teams out of it, but specifically you're able to shoot teams out of it if you're able to get into those hot spots in the zone where you kind of have, like, two defenders who have to decide who's on you, and you can kind of suck in the, the more perimeter defender, and it'll open somebody up out there. And to the Buffs' credit, they did execute that perfectly. You know, with Keyshawn, KJ in there, um, they... they they did well with that, and others did too. Um, and even the mistakes early on, even the mistakes, it's like, I mean, there was there was one play. Um, what was it? I think so. So at this point, the Buffs were four of four with a turnover. So it was one of those first five possessions. I can't remember which one, but Jabari has the ball in the high post. Um, and again, the zone defense he sucks the the guy at the rim up to him. And, and it opens up Evan underneath and Jabari throws the ball to him and it just kind of bounces off his hands because it was a little bit it was a little bit high not too high I and mean, honestly when he's underneath the basket you want to put it up a little bit high so he doesn't have to like catch it down low and then get up while a defender tries to get over um but also he probably threw it way too hard um and and it bounced off Evan's hands and went went out of bounds and you know you, you can't do that you got to hold on to the ball um, they, the Buffs only had 13 turnovers tonight. Somehow Oregon state only had seven after, after the Buffs stole, stole the ball from them twice in the first two possessions. I think Tristan got one of those and did Evan get the other Evan or Neek got the other, but they fixed the turnovers. Still every turnover you look at and say like that can't happen. But if you're going to turn the ball over, at least it was in a situation where you're trying to make a really great play. And it was the right decision. You made the right decision, except maybe you just threw the ball a bit too hard. And Evan, honestly, maybe catches that half the time anyway. Um, and so those are mistakes. But the point is, you're getting guys into the lane. It's forcing these zone defenders to make decisions. And you're beating them up so bad that everybody's like, well, oh, oh no, we can't give them this shot. And so they overcommit because they really don't want to give up any more points. <laughs> that opens up guys on the perimeter even more. So it was... It was a, a, a really awesome performance. And again, I, the the mistakes from Oregon State, notable. Notable for sure. And if Colorado puts this effort out against, I don't know, uh, I mean, they got Utah next. 
Utah bottom half of the Pac-12, but Oregon State has three wins. So there's, there's still a bit of a difference. Colorado probably wins the game. Colorado probably wins the game if they play like this against eight of the teams in the Pac-12. I don't know, some, something around there. Might be might be 10, might be six, and I'm really overrating what I saw. I'd be surprised by that. But Oregon State playing like that, Colorado playing like this, that's how you wind up winning by 23 when you give up a 12-2 a to 2 run in the last three minutes when the walk-ons are on. Again, this should have been a 30-point win. Um, yeah, it's it's just nice to have something to build off of. Something where you can say, wow, good job, guys. You you were faced with this situation, you are faced with this zone defense, and you just beat the hell out of them. You played an inferior team, and unlike the beginning of this season, you just beat them up. You just beat them up. You didn't mess around. You got right to it. You went up 13-0, and then just built from there. Overall, just a good game in all facets. Just a really good game in all facets. I'm struggling to come up with things that that went wrong. Again, you lost the turnover battle. That that stands out. Um, you, uh, again, I mean, I'm struggling. I got, you lost six steals to five steals. You don't like that, but it's not the end of the world, and that's basically the same thing as the turnovers. Um great great performance offensively um in particular i think it was exciting to see Keyshawn do what he did uh he was again uh, the factor on the offensive end in the first half of this game just like he was against oregon a couple days ago uh, against oregon he had 16 points on i think it was five of six shooting it might have been six of seven um, tonight he has 14 points in the first half on five of six shooting, including going four of five from three. And he did he did drop off a little bit again in the second half. Um, two points, one of four shooting, and so you don't love that. But at the same time, they had such a big lead at halftime, and the offense was doing just fine in the second half. They wound up shooting a little under 50 percent, I believe, in the second half. Yeah, 46.4 percent in the second half. And it, it was disappointing to see, honestly, like after what you saw in the first half, um, which is crazy because that's a that's a good number. That's a good number. And so Keyshawn did drop off a little bit. Um, I'm not knocking him for that this time. Uh, definitely knocking him for it in the Oregon game, but just because of the situation. Good, good game from Keyshawn. And he's provided what they needed. And that was a lot of scoring from that point guard position. Got three assists in there, too. Uh, tied for second most on the team. Uh, Tristan De Silva actually had the most with five assists. What a night for Tristan, too. Ten points, six boards, five assists, two steals, a block, one turnover. And that's kind of been the, the caveat for him uh, recently, especially these past few weeks. You know, it's it, there's just always something that you point to and say, like, ah, damn it, Tristan, you're so close. Whether Whether he shoots, like... 2 of 10 from the field, and you're like, oh, you did so many other good things, but you just couldn't score effectively. Uh, or, or whether it's the turnovers, because he, he's had, oh, is this six turnover game against Oregon? He had a six turnover game in one of these last couple. I think it was Oregon. Um, put all the pieces together. And shot 3 of 6 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, made both of his free throws. He was a plus 34, easily the best on the team. Easily. Uh... Second best was 22 from Evan Batty. Um, then you've got 
20 from Luke O'Brien. Just a really solid performance from Tristan, too. Um, doing what you need him to do. If he's your number four scorer and he's able to do all these other things and, and he puts his points up efficiently, he's not number four because he missed a bunch of shots. Like, that's just a perfect, perfect role for him. And the tough part is that, you know, more often than not, you're not getting these performances from Keyshawn. Um, you know, Neek putting up 15 points. He'll do it sometimes. He'll do it against good teams sometimes. But a lot of the time, he's hovering around that 7-8. And so then all of a sudden, it's like, well, Tristan, you've got to do more than this beautiful 10-6-5 stat line that really, really fits you. Um, so there we go. Back to the point guards. I, I want to talk about KJ Simpson. Um, what stands out the most is this take he had to the rim, kind of like a... I mean, it was really through traffic. Like, this is when the zone was really collapsing. And I think if you went back, you'd probably be able to find somebody wide open, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, that should have worked. But he he charges straight ahead, as he does, um, from the top of the key. He covers the ball with two arms like a fullback, takes two big steps. It's like a Euro step, but usually think of the Euro step as like a horizontal thing, but it's really just straight ahead with these big lumbering steps. And lumbering isn't a word you usually use with KJ. And he just gets through all these trees, pops up at the rim, goes straight up with a nice little layup. A tough, tough layup. There's still people around. Um, and he puts it pretty high off the glass, and it falls. And Keyshawn had a great one of those, too. And I think that that's... I mean, those can kind of be the the, the swing buckets, right? Where... What, what did he finish with? Um, for KJ, nine points, three of five shooting. If he misses that, and he's at seven points on two of five shooting, again, that, that's kind of the difference, right? Three of five is shooting 60%. Two of five is shooting 40%. 60% you can never complain about. 40% is like, ah, I mean, he's a guard. Like, that's, you want 42 on a season, he's not far. But, yeah, I mean, getting that to fall. And same thing for Keyshawn. Um, get, getting his tough one to fall. That was big, too. Um, and then, obviously, all the threes that those guys can hit. But, KJ was really solid. Uh, didn't turn the ball over. Uh, had four boards. Had three assists. Again, nine points on five shots. It, maybe, maybe a little bit quiet, right? Maybe not the most impactful player in this game. Definitely not the most impactful player in this game. But he filled a backup point guard role pretty well. You know, if your backup point guard's giving you nine points, four rebounds, three assists, not turning the ball over in 21 minutes... You take that every single time. If you can just, you know, it it's like Eli. Like, I feel like when Eli was healthy, you could kind of just expect, you know, two of four shooting, five points, and, and some good defense, and he wasn't going to screw things up. And when you have that, it's like, eh, I mean, do you take it, do you not take it? I don't know. That's a tough conversation. But if you were given the option to have that kind of steady player, and he was giving you those numbers, the nine, 60%, four boards, three assists from the backup point guard position, you take that. You take that. If you could just say, sign me up for that every game, you do it. And, I mean, that's what, that's been, that's what's so tough about what we've seen from these point guards so far this season is that for the point guard, you just want somebody steady. You just want somebody who, like, maybe their shot doesn't fall, maybe it does, but they're going to play good, solid, cleanish ball 
and you don't have to worry about it too much because what you really need from KJ is just doing this consistently. You don't need him to have like a really, really great game and then a game where he turns the ball over three times and can't find the rim. Like You just need steady there. And when you have one of those tough games and when you have you know four of them in an eight-game span, well, all of a sudden... The only way to get back to like, oh wow, KJ really solid. He's he's really contributing. Is to string together like five games in a row where you're performing in a very consistent manner. And you know, we've we've started to see a little bit of that from KJ. And and Keyshawn, hey, it's 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 more so of that good game, bad game, good game, bad game, good game, bad game. But it's a lot better than where we were set. Three weeks ago, month ago, month and a half ago, where it was, I mean, it was good game, bad game, bad game, good game, bad game, bad game, bad game, good game, bad game, good game, bad game, bad game. Like, hopefully they're turning a corner. And again, it's Oregon State, it's a three win team, and reading too much into it is a bad idea. But also, you've got Utah next, and Utah isn't all that good. They, they beat up on Oregon State, but they're not that good. So, I don't know. Who knows if they can play like this against UCLA or USC or Arizona or whatever. I mean, we've seen them hang close before, but maybe that, I mean, that expectation is just too high for where this program is right now. And where that program is right now is building. And building is, I mean, there's parts of it that are really fun. You know, like with the Nuggets, I always think back to like four years ago and being able to say like, guys, Nicole Jokic is really good. I remember getting in fights with my roommates like back in college. They'd be like, oh, Carl Anthony Towns is better. And it's like, no, he's not better. And he's like, but look, Jokic doesn't have any blocks. And it's like, well, Jokic has steals. And statistically, those are more valuable. And so you go through all of like that and then see now where it's like, yep, everybody agrees. Jokic is better. There might be like four Timberwolves fans who are willing to publicly say like, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, he's better. But even that number is getting real low. Before that, it was... Oh, who was before that? Um, oh, the Duke guy, Okafor. I think Okafor was the big one. But but the, the point is, those rebuilding years, they can be a lot of fun. And when you when you see the young players playing really, really well... It's exciting, and today we had one of those great days where, you know, who knows? Maybe two years from now, this team is making a Sweet 16 run. I mean, Oregon State made a Sweet 16 run last year. It can't be that hard. But but let's just say 2024 Sweet 16, the buffs are there. I could totally see us looking back and saying, remember that game against Oregon State where Keyshawn just went off? They couldn't miss a three. Like, ah, those those are the good old, the good old days, and... It's just nice to have some positivity in this process of rebuilding where, again, they lost five of six games coming into this. They lost three in a row coming into this. Okay, this doesn't make all that worth it, but boy, is it a relief considering what we've been through, and boy, do I hope it continues. Uh, real quick, let's uh, let's talk about a couple of our friends. First of all, I want to tell you guys about 
Athletic Greens. Now, you may not have heard of this before. Maybe you have. I was Googling it today just because I was curious and I was surprised how many people are talking about Athletic Greens. Um, Let me tell you what it is and then I bet you'll understand why I didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, But it's a greens powder. So, So basically the way it works is there's 75 different high quality vitamins that they all like grind up and put into whatever and make this mix that you put in your drink. It's like minerals, there's whole source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. And the way it works is like you just take a scoop of that powder and they actually, so they send you like this, this kit. So there's like four different pieces. There's the scooper, there's the bag of powder, there's the water bottle, and then there's this metal thing that you put it in and you shake it. And then when you shake it in there, it all gets mixed up and you shake it for like 20 seconds. And so you like put the water in, it's like eight to 12 ounces or whatever. You put the scoop in and it has all this stuff in it. And I was skeptical because again, at this point, you're probably thinking like, oh, you eat a lot of Taco Bell and McDonald's. The, this doesn't sound like you. But yesterday I tried it for the first time and what honestly I was most concerned about was what it would taste like because that's that's why like I've seen other people I work with they'll go get like those green smoothies or whatever that have like kale in them it's like I'm not if I'm getting a smoothie it's gonna have strawberry it's gonna have banana and it's gonna have a shit ton of sugar that's for sure um but I was like okay let's let's give it a go let's see how it goes and I was actually surprised that it's 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 a good taste it's not I'm not gonna say like Mm, uh, for dessert, I'm going to go have the athletic greens. But like when I drank, I was like, yeah, this is, this is a nice little change up. Like that's a good tasting thing. Again, there's so many different things in there that it can do so many different things. But what I really like is just to take it in the morning and then like go to the gym right after. And then like, sometimes I'll get some coffee after I've actually been surprised. Like I don't, I feel like, I feel like you have more energy. And again, it, it does all sorts of stuff. And I should probably just tell you what those things are. Um, but, but it'll help with like gut health. It'll give you more energy. It helps your immune system. Um, it has like all the, the vitamins and minerals and stuff where if, if you're not taking like a supplement or whatever, this is a great way to do that too. And it kind of is just like this work all fix. And I've been, again, reading around online just cause I was curious and people seem to like it. Um, Here's the thing, though. Right now, they will give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So the travel packs, like, they make it so that you don't have to have, like, the, the bag with the, the scooper and all that stuff. You just have the little pack that you pour in there, and it makes it more simple, especially when you're on the go. Um, again, you get free one-year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D, Five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash buffs, B-U-F-F-S, and uh, check it all out. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash buffs. Take ownership over your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Again, I am surprisingly impressed by this. This is, like, my mom is into this stuff. Like, all, I mean, all this sort of stuff. And I've always been like, okay, okay, okay. But... Trying it myself, it's like, oh yeah, this is, I get, I, I get it now, and I'm curious because I'm only two days in. I, t- I took an extra one yesterday, just because I was like, oh, I, 
I, I like it. I want to see what happens. Um, so I guess I'm like three of them in or however you count that. Point is, it's good stuff. Definitely go check that out. Also, check out DraftKings Sportsbook because you can make money. Um, I actually lost money today. I, uh, I bet on the Olympics like I do. I love betting on the Olympics. Uh, but the, uh, the women's slope style. So I had Jamie Anderson. This is the third time they've held the women's snowboard slope style. And she won gold in the first two. And it was like 50-50 whether she was going to decide to do it again because she's like 32 or 31 or something like that. But she did it. And I was like, well, plus 250. I've got to take a chance on her going for three. Uh, but also on a gasser who I remember from the X Games last year and the Olympics before that, who I was like, she's really dope. And she's like the the big air type. So that's her main event, um, which is where you hit one jump and go really high and then do flips and tricks and stuff. And she's really good at that. And so the way the slope style works is there's a couple sets of rails and then there's some really big jumps. It's like, well, she could definitely catch people's eyes with those big jumps if she can just, you know, manage her way through the rails. Jamie Anderson wound up crashing on all three of her runs in the final, which is disappointing. And uh, Anna kind of spun out of her last jump. She got massive air, though. It was crazy. She just kind of, if she would have landed it cleanly, I think I, I would have thought she would have won, but who knows. Um, but the point is, I may have lost money on a plus 250 bet and a plus 1,000 bet, but I also was up really late last night watching the prelims to this and got super into it, and it was a lot of fun, and then was really excited to catch the second half of the final when I got home from the CU game. And I may have been streaming it in the car, even though I know that that's unsafe. But uh, it's fun stuff. DraftKings has all sorts of bets on the Olympics. Um, if you want more of my bets, I love the Winter Olympics. Again, I'm from northern Montana. This is what we live for. There's actually there's actually a girl who's... So her, her mom used to babysit me when we were growing up. Um, and she, uh, she, she was like super dope really early. She meddled at the X games and she was like 14. She turned 15, like a month before the, I think that was the Sochi Olympics and, uh, wound up getting hurt right before she does the skiing slope style but she's like i, I can't remember if she's plus 2000 to win gold or plus 2500 to win gold this time um she's gotten medals in the x games and all that stuff so i'm excited about that but point is i love the winter olympics if anybody has any good bets feel free to tweet at me or if you want my bets feel free to tweet at me because again i don't I'm a little disappointed in how many people are watching this. But back to DraftKings. Back to DraftKings. Super Bowl's here. You know the deal. We've been talking about this. 56 to 1 odds on either team if you're a new user. Bet $5. Get 280 in free bets. And if you're a current customer, you can still get the game, same game parlays, the boosts, all that stuff. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code DMVR. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DMVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Oh, sorry, of Super Bowl 56. Habit. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Um, ooh, also, DraftKings pick of the week. This is, this is going to be an easy one. We're going with Michaela Schifrin. So hopefully you guys are listening to this before Sunday night. I'm not sure what time it is. I think it's at like 6 on Sunday, 6 on Sunday, something like that. 6.30 our time. It's always tough because they're in China, which is the opposite time. But uh, we've got uh, Michaela Schifrin in the giant slalom. I actually, 
Oh, sorry, no. I'm one of my, two of my mom's uncles actually made the Olympics back in the day. Those those are super G that they got in for. They did the giant slalom and all that too. Point is, um, Michaela Schiffer in plus two fifty in the uh, giant slalom. Oh, seven fifteen Sunday night. I think that's just the prelims that start then. But again, that's great odds on the best skier alive. So there we go. Okay. Uh, so I just talked about that stuff for way longer than I meant to, but it's good to let you guys know about athletic greens and that stuff, because that means that next time we'll, we'll all be on the same page and it won't take quite that long. Also DraftKings, I won't get fired up about the Olympics so much once the Olympics are over, but, uh, any other big notes? I mean, Nick Clifford stepping into the starting lineup, I think with, with Eli being done for the year can have some questions about what that's going to look like. You know, there, there was the one game where KJ was going to start in his place, but then uh, the, the news broke late. I mean, the team didn't know to right before the game that Tristan wasn't going to be able to go because he's sick, and so Neek started as well. So I think that that shows that there is a willingness to be flexible, and I think we've heard Tad say plenty of times that He's hunting the matchups and saying who's big, who's small. How do we how do we give ourselves our best shot? So I do wonder if they'll play around with that. But I do think that their best bet keep KJ on the bench, start Neat Clifford because he just does so many different things for you, and he's 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 grown into that role. Like he he is deserving of this, just like Luke O'Brien. What he played twenty two minutes tonight, he's deserving. Of maybe not twenty two minutes, but fifteen a night. He's playing really good ball as well. And these are two Colorado kids who, you know, this year you've got the number 13 recruiting class in the country and all that sort of stuff. But there's people take different routes to being really good basketball players. And and Neat Clifford is a really good basketball player. 15 points tonight, 6 of 9 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3. Only one rebound, a block, a steal, two turnovers. But, again, that one rebound, you don't worry about that. It's, it's Neek. He he gets boards. It's what he does. So a, a down game, whatever. And on top of that, he's an offensive rebounder. I think was his one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember the the one offensive or the one rebound he had was an offensive rebound. And so when the team doesn't miss any shots, makes it tough to get offensive rebounds. Uh, so so there we go. Um, good stuff from Neek. And again. I think he's very deserving of a starting job. And I think you you also look at him and say, like, you could be really good off the bench. But specifically with Eli gone, if you're looking for, you know, Eli was 3 and D. I'm not sure I call Neek 3 and D, but he definitely gives you D. He, <laughs> he also definitely gives you rebounds. And uh, he can knock down threes, and I think he, he has maybe a little bit more versatility. Um, and it's tough because Elijah did add quite a bit to his game in the off season. And so now at this point it's like, well, he does, he does do some different things for you that, that can be pretty exciting. But yeah, I, I, I think that if you put Neek into this starting lineup, he's going to be off and running. And I think we're starting to see that. Um, other notes, Julian Hammond, uh, again, not, he was one of five. He was probably the one guy on the team. He was definitely the one guy on the team who wasn't hot shooting tonight. And that's not a good look. At the same time, though, I still like what's there. And I still think, like, I mean, with all these guys, we're a few years away from from seeing the best of them. 
But Julian in particular is that way where he has the senses. And when you have the senses for basketball, that's a really good sign. You know, that's that's why you get excited about what he could become when he does become a better shooter. When he does just kind of refine things a little bit. When he becomes a little bit better defender. You know, if he, if he gets to be a, a good defender... He's another guy who you could be really excited about, at the very least, as your bench point guard, just because you know that he's going to get stops for you, and he's such a good distributor. Again, it's that feel for the game, where the the touch on the passes and that sort of stuff, he's, he's good, he's good, but there's more levels he can get to to really maximize that whole floor general thing, and and he is in that mold, and I even though the numbers aren't great, I still feel like I saw plenty of that from him tonight. Only one assist with a turnover too, but I'm excited. Um, and again, like there's pretty big minutes for these uh, these bench guys. You know, Will Laughlin got seven. I guess Ersac, Mains, Pease, they they got two each. Um, but that's that's the way the game went. You know, there really isn't all that much to talk about because they just did everything right. And <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think that's going to do it for today. I think that's going to do it for today. I think I'll be back tomorrow with another show. We're going to work on it. It's again, there's just so many things going on, um, but it's going to be kind of a slow week basketball wise next week. So we'll dig into some football stuff for sure. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you guys soon.